bringing their problems to me for as long as I can remember. I have one of those faces that just says, tell me what's going on. And now I have one of those podcasts that says, go ahead, tell me what's going on. Welcome to Mess in Progress. Oh, shit. What the hell was that? Oh, that's so cool. It blew us up. Yo, it blew us up, yo. All right, we're going to start again. Start. <laughs> Outtakes. Okay. All right. Hey, guys, and welcome to Mess in Progress with myself, Cheetah Brion, and my lovely uh, everything person, Catherine G. Mendoza. I can't even do the intro right now. Yeah, okay. If we, You know what? We're going to keep that in. We got to keep it in. We've been using Zoom since the beginning of the pandemic, and we've been recording through Zoom. And for some reason, today, June 3rd, 2021, Zoom decided to let people know that we're recording them. And it literally said the voice, this yes. meeting is now being recorded. That was so creepy. I was like, is my computer haunted? Like, I've never, that has never happened. So I have a cough drop in my mouth. So if you hear me like smacking, it's like, you're like, man, don't Bronx girls don't know how to talk. <laughs> no. Um, it really freaked me out. I was like, what happened? Like, especially because I'm not that tech savvy. Like, I'm gonna take this cough drop out. Hold up. It did its job. Did its job. Um, I'm not that tech savvy. So when stuff like that happens, it's like you ever have like a bunch of windows open and one of them is making noise. Like one of them has a video and you can't figure out which one. Yeah. That is a nightmare. I go into a panic immediately. See, here's the thing. If you have so many tabs that you can't even see words, yeah, then it's the worst. But if you have like at least, like I think 12 tabs is the limit where you can still see words. You can sometimes see the audio thing that like, because it tells you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you can see that, yeah. Then you're like, ah, it's this one. Like, I got you. If you 36 tabs deep, Yo, and you know what? You know that just made me think. Thirty-six tabs deep, and you ever exited out the whole thing? Yep. You be mad at yourself. You be dumb mad at yourself when you accidentally x out the whole thing, and you've been doing research. It's yeah. always when you've been doing like important research or your taxes or something yeah. that you should not have xed out. For me, it'd be like jobs that I swore I'm gonna apply to, <laughs> and I'm like. And then I'd be like, how will I ever? That was my dream job. No, it wasn't, bitch, because you should have applied the minute you saw it. Like That's hilarious that you just give yourself reasons not to apply. You're like, now I can't apply nowhere. I don't, was it from Indeed? Was it from the, I don't know. I don't know. Now I don't know. Now I can't do nothing. I got to watch YouTube. And then I have the audacity to wonder why I'm unemployed. <laughs> Because I can't even do the searching for <laughs> You don't even commit to the first uh, like job search app. You got like several tabs open of different websites for job searching. Do you want to know why? Because would, cover letters should be illegal. Cover letters are mad annoying. Like, look, I haven't had a regular job in like forever in three days. And I actually thought about it during the pandemic, right? I was like, man, I should get a regular job. And then I was like, what you gonna put on your resume? <laughs> like, what you? I'm gonna have to do that thing that people always do, you know, when they lie on their resume. Where I'm like, you know, I'm obviously I perform in front of people, so I'm good at crowd control. Mm-hmm. Um, You're a writer. 
I'm a writer. Yes, I'm a writer. Um, You're... <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> Technically, because your work is mostly consists in the evening, you're a lady of the night. <laughs> I'm a night work. Okay, just speaking along those lines. So at my wedding, <laughs> my brother-in-law is like giving his speech. And the the idea was what he was trying to say was that he like was trying to say that like I work in an adult world, but yeah. he kept saying like something like I do adult work or I work in the adult field and something like that that made it sound like I worked in porn. And yeah. everybody at my wedding is just yeah. like, because then of course the host of the wedding was like was Ryan Reese. He was the one that was doing the MC. Of course he could not help but start making jokes the second he got back on the microphone. And I was just like, this poor man was just trying to give me a compliment. <laughs> and he ended up saying I work in adult movies and stuff. And it's just like, you know what? <laughs> Who knows? It's been a long pandemic. Everybody got an OnlyFans now. That's so crazy. You know what's crazy? I completely forgot about that moment until this <laughs> moment. Like I, 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 now, and this is what this makes me sad that like I was going through such a hard time emotionally during when you got married. Yeah. That there, the memories are there, but they're locked away. So it's like he, it's like if I watched your wedding video, I would be experiencing it for the first time, even though yeah. I did it. Because you were in your own world, like you're I in your was, own yeah. world. It was, it was a, it and was, I don't even fault people for that because I'm like, Lord knows I've been at places where I'm like, girl, do you remember? This is so funny. Now we're just talking memories before we get into anything. No. So, <laughs> <laughs> this segment is called Like the Cuartos of My Mind. <laughs> it's not corners. I need a whole quarto. <laughs> <laughs> so many memories I got stored up in there but remember you went with me as my date to a wedding right like you came with me to my friend because my ex was gonna be there yes oh you wait. remember that wedding where are we give me more context give me more because we I think we were in Maryland we stayed with my parents because we were going to Virginia the next day oh my, my parents God. drove us to the wedding right oh, remember what? and what you were I like you were like yo when I tell you you know, Catherine's my ride or die. When I tell you, Catherine oh looks God. out. It was with his drone. Yes. <laughs> he had his girl working the wedding. Yeah. And we were dying because so he had, for y'all, y'all, let me explain the situation. My ex was at this wedding. But I still wanted to go because I love these people that were getting married and I was really happy for them. And I didn't want to not go because he was going to be there. So I asked Catherine to come with me because I know, number one, she's my ride or die. And number two, she's going to keep me laughing the whole time. Right. So my ex is there. And one thing that, you know, he has his own multimedia company and he had his girl filming the way. Mind you. Now, here's the thing that's crazy. They already had a videographer. He decided to film anyway with two cameras and a drone, and a drone I right drone. and like the other dude that's filming the wedding like I'm like this is such a slap in the face to this dude but what made it even more hilarious was that he had his his new girl his I don't know if she was his wife by then but like his new girl working with him on camera too right yeah. so Catherine has me dying about that situation and then like 
the whole thing was to avoid any contact with him because toxic people, you just want to stay away from them. You don't can't give them a chance. Stay past, like I think past the ceremony. We I think we did cocktail hour and then yeah. we passed. Yeah, we did cocktail hour, but it was so funny because we're sitting at our table and Catherine is clocking my ex to see where he is at every single second. <laughs> And she saw him like walking almost towards the table. And she was like, girl, don't look up. Don't look up. Go in your purse. Go in your purse. <laughs> like, oh, my God. Oh, I was. I'm over here. Secret service. Yes. yes. The thing in my ear. Like, I check the perimeters. Where is he? <laughs> Sasquatch is in the corner. <laughs> Yo, it was born identity status. <laughs> no, I remember that dude and it was such a beautiful wedding. I remember like the whole setup, it was outside. They had kind of like a barn situation for the reception. Yes. Which would have been a great wedding had he not been there. Yeah, it would have been a great wedding. And I'm sure they were thankful for the footage. So it's like, I'm glad he was there, but it was just the audacity to film when somebody else is already filming. It's just like, wow, bro. Like that's a level of cockiness that it's just like, oh my God. But I just, I was just remembering how much fun we had because you were so much like a secret service agent that day. It was so fun. And then we dipped out with the quickness. It was like, we dipped out not being seen and just bounced, you know, it was perfect. Yes. And that was, I, I think about it. That was a uh, first encounter. Second encounter was at a Christmas party. Yes, second encounter was at a Christmas party. It was at Gotham's Christmas party. Yes, in the basement, the second yes. level. Yep. Yes. I remember that one because uh, we were down there, and I think you were like, "Yo, this dude is upstairs." Yeah, I was like, "This dude is upstairs," and really, it's just in a like. It's hard to describe because when somebody, no matter how much you're over a situation, the mm-hmm. trauma still exists. Mm-hmm. So when you see the person those same feelings can arise. And I think at the time, because since then I've seen him plenty of times over there and actually been in the same room and he had to do the sound and whatever. And like, we were like just a couple feet from each other. Um, After I, that was after I had my son and like, but at that time I was still so jarred by just the sight of someone that you're just like, Oh my God, like you just remember all the trauma and I just didn't want to be seen. So we, the good thing about Gotham's party, shout out to Gotham comedy club. Cause their Christmas parties be lit. Yeah. Um, upstairs is a completely different party from downstairs. Cause upstairs yeah. is the live music and like a little dance floor up there. And then downstairs is the DJ and more that, hors d'oeuvres and stuff. The high school kickback, yo. Straight up. It is downstairs is a house party yes it is with the and it, and even the photo booth in the yes corner. yeah downstairs be litty you see but that day i have backup because james was there yeah so you had a secret service into i think yamaniko was also there so it was really like like gina is being covered by multiple angles i felt like, like j-lo son <laughs> i had mass security she was j-lo Jeez. I was Gilo. Yo, I just need to let y'all know today we are goofy. We are goofy today. All right. <laughs> My brain started thinking Jenny from the Bronx. The, the, where the bitch from? <laughs> Jenny from the Bronx. Jenny from the like, block. But I was like, uh, I don't know why, but Martin, I was like, I'm still, I'm still Gilo from the Bronx. Hey, because <laughs> that song is amazing and should be made. Um, 
I will contact producers and we will we will produce my album also on the six. That's what I'm gonna call it. <laughs> call also on the six, just in a different car. <laughs> on the six, first car. <laughs> on the six, first car, low confidence. I'm scared. No, yours has to be like the BX thirty six. BX on the thirty six bus. <laughs> oh my god, we're so hilarious today, you guys. We haven't so- even tackled our first. We haven't. <laughs> oh, and I had the nerve to be like, "Yeah, we go, we gonna make it out in an hour." <laughs> like, <laughs> I know. I know. Today, not today. We'll see how this goes. Okay, we'll get into our first thing now, um, which was trauma, 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 trauma. We don't have no sound effects. Trauma, 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 trauma. I was traumatized. Uh, Monday, Memorial Day. Um, it was my son, It was Memorial. It was definitely <laughs> Memorial. I'm Memorial it forever. <laughs> There's gonna be a, a yearly in memoriam. <laughs> of this day because let me tell you wait hold on you gotta read the name of the segment it's called okay this is what's good this is our what's good segment and it's called baby go bang (laughs) (laughs) and it's exactly what y'all think it is i can laugh about it now but like my son fell off the bed on monday and my heart like when i say my heart shattered This is how, like, I I looked at it, I was like, this is how psychologically unsound I am, that that spiraled me into such a depression, and everybody's like, oh, well, you're a first-time mom, like, that's what happens, I'm like, you don't understand, I was literally novella-level crying, like, throw yourself on the casket, kind of cry, like almost the whole day just like i'm so terrible i'm supposed to protect him and he got hurt i haven't even i mean i was was over it he had already had he was fine bro after five minutes of crying he was looking at me like you good (laughs) (laughs) like i'm done crying like he kept touching my face and like I was like, look at him trying to calm me down. He just kept touching my face. He was like, it's, but you could just see in his face, he had that very cancer face of like, okay, it's okay. All right, you gonna calm down? Cause I thought this was about me. I thought this was about me. <laughs> I was hysterical. I was such a mess, bro. And everybody I spoke to, every mom was like, you know, yeah, it happens. And then they would tell me their horror story. They'd be like, you know, my, my, friends home James told me his son fell down the flight of stairs like my niece told me that her head got split open oh no I'm just She's, like I'm seeing a baby fall down a flight of stairs in my head <laughs> but like the Pixar status one where it's like boing 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 yeah like all of them were like yeah my kid did this my kid did that my kid fell out of the getaway car of a heist like all these things like where it was like all these terrible things that happened and I still couldn't get over it I was still all day I was just like (laughs) and then like I saw I thought he had like a little bruise on his nose he has a little bruise I thought it was way more than it was Mm -hmm. like I was looking at it and I was like somebody call CPS somebody gonna think I don't take care of my baby and then I took him to the doctor and the doctor was like he looked at the bruise and he was like that's what you're talking about. <laughs> I was like, 
I was like, yeah, I was just a little nervous. And what if something, I t- we took him to the doctor, we took him to the pediatrician and it was so funny talking to his pediatrician because his pediatrician was just like, you know, he was like, I get this all the time, especially from first time moms. He's like, normally it's, it's very rare. It does happen that kids get seriously injured from falling off a bed. But he's like, most of the time, babies are so much more resilient than people really realize. It's more traumatizing for you as the parent than it is for the baby because the baby will bounce back after the physical pain is gone or the, or even just the shock if there is no pain. Um, but for the parent, it's like, it was jarring. And I kept like feeling his head and I was like, okay, is everything okay? And like touching his limbs and being like, does he react to anything? Like he's sore. Does anything feel out of place? Like, I mean, I fully went into such a panic to pull myself out of it. And I didn't really feel better until I brought him to the pediatrician. Like I needed a doctor to be like, he's fine. Like, even though I knew he was fine. That's crazy. You know, what's even like, what I think is crazier that give or take, you have another child, the same thing happens. You literally gonna look at that child and go, walk it off. (laughs) (laughs) I'ma just, I'ma just lean over the bed and be like, you I? (laughs) Like, just be like, you I? Man, you I? <laughs> That's what my therapist said. My therapist was like, he was like, this is why people have more than one kid. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm good with one. This is not a practice baby. I'm trying to, I'm trying to be good with this one. But I get it though, because I do see that with people with multiple kids, like the second kid, the third kid, but like the fourth kid, that kid could cut off a pinky and you'd be like, all right, let's load up the car. We're going to the ER. Let's just everybody just come on. We got to go. Does he need it? Does how, he need the pinky? Did you find hours, the pinky? How many hours we got before they can sew that thing on? <laughs> <laughs> now we got to find the pinky, put it on ice. Man, you really disrespecting my time right now. Oh, <laughs> but that's so like, I get it. Like, I mean, I don't get it personally, yeah. but I can only imagine because like, like you always talk about how like experiencing things for the first time in this, there was a mutual experience. Like for him, it's the first time he's, been injured to any like even if it wasn't the worst and for yeah. you it was the first time you know seeing it and I'm sure thinking like had I not turned my back or had I not you know what I mean it's all those if what yeah. if right? and then you beat or yourself like, up about it yeah no I can only imagine but I I just think it's so funny because the fact that it is the reason why the segment is called baby go bang is because it made me think of that friends episode when um monica had ross's baby and she was like throwing him in the air and he hit the pillar and he had like a little lump on his head and they didn't want ross to know right and so they put him in a in a um what is it uh corduroy like uh like a toys outfit and they put like Mm -hmm. a little hat on him but then he blew her up and he kept going monica bang Monica Bang. <laughs> and then Ross was like, what? And he's, they're like, Monica Bang. And they're like, yeah, Monica Bang. And they're hitting their heads, like <laughs> trying to act like that's what he's saying. But it's really that. But she was freaking out because she's the aunt. And then eventually Ross's character, who's the actual parent, was like, this happens. So yeah. I just thought that was interesting because it the bang, right? The bang is such a thing for people. Bang, who are- yo, once you hear that bang, Yo, you freeze. If it had just been a small injury, like, understand when my son tosses and turns at night, he hits the back of his crib. So I hear that bang a lot. 
with a bang like that, you just pause and you wait to see if he cries. And then if he don't cry, you don't mention it. <laughs> like you don't act like nothing's wrong. <laughs> Never happened. But with a bang like that, when you hear that kind of bang, who did he um just curious? Did he have a a gasp before the cry? Like was it was it one of those or was it an immediate bang cry? He ha- he always has a gasp before I cry. It's like he's realizing that something hurts. It's my favorite thing about yeah. they have this like you ever seen a, a bear sneeze no. or a panda that they sneeze and it kind of shocks them and they're like oh yeah yeah <laughs> I feel like that's what happens with kids. No, yeah. it's true because they do that breath of like <gasps> <laughs> like it's that breath before where they realize they fell and I think part of it is psychological part of it is fear uh, and pain and embarrassment where it's like I just did something that hurt myself I'm embarrassed and you notice that more with toddlers and older kids that when they fall they'll cry mainly out of embarrassment and pain where it's totally. like just like that those that combination of the two where it's like ow my knee hurts but I'm also really embarrassed that that just happened yeah yeah no I think that gas is the kid's version of what the fuck yeah it's like the, they hit what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> that's that's a little that's a little baby what the fuck like <gasps> That is so freaking you remember, funny. The best is when you have the the mutual what the fuck. So like you said, when you both looking at each other, like you gonna cry. <laughs> exactly. When we're both looking at each other, I'm like, you're not gonna cry. You alright, right? You alright. It's like talk. You're like a hostage negotiator at that point. You're like, you're okay. Nothing's wrong, buddy. Nothing's wrong. All right. You alright? You wanna come to mama? You okay? Yeah, you're okay. <laughs> um, but he's okay. Yeah, he's fine. Like he's hella fine. I'm still psychologically from it. yeah i'll be talking about it in therapy for the next six months but uh he's good i am emotionally scarred for life you're gonna be talking about this that he's gonna be in college he's gonna be like he's gonna be in college and he's gonna be telling me how much he loves me and he's like mom i love you so much you take such good care of me and i'll be like when you were 11 months old you fell off the bed and he's gonna be like you're a psychopath <laughs> all I, I wake up in the middle of the night and all I hear is the bang <laughs> all I hear is the bang and he's like okay <laughs> my mom's an emotional psychopath right. let me introduce you to my girlfriend <laughs> Every- also an emotional psychopath <laughs> because patterns people patterns oh, okay so let me let me bring up my what's good. Yes. All right. So this one's a random one. I uh, oh, I, I didn't actually throw this one on our one sheet because this is how much I want to throw it at you. Oh wow. Okay. So this is with dudes. Question: Is it more effeminate, like a a a, a yes, fluid, effeminate? Mm-hmm. For a guy to say, not the act of what he is doing, but w- how he tells you what he's doing. I'm gonna get a mani pedi, mm-hmm. or I'm gonna get my nails done. So Which, you're saying if a guy, if a guy, like a guy, cisgender, you know what I mean, hetero, yeah. like 
that guy comes up to you, and especially if he's a guy's guy, right? Now, what are you more common? Because for me, I have one, and I think it's where I grew up or whatever. Mm-hmm. But which one feels more um, feminine? I'm going to get a mani-pedi, or I'm going to get my nails done. Take that cough drop out again. Um, Manny Petty seems more feminine to me because I feel like I feel like that is more. I don't know. Like I say that I've had some guys be like, "Yo, I'm gonna get my nails done. I gotta go get my nails done." Like I've had guys say it like that before. Really? Yeah, I've never had a guy be like, if they say anything about a pedicure, be like, "Yo, I gotta go get. I gotta go get it." Uh, they'll say it separate. Like I say, I gotta get a manicure and a pedicure, bro. Or I just got. I gotta go get a pedicure, bro. Like the guys that do it that I know are secure in themselves. So yeah. like, but they still don't say Manny Petty. Like I've never heard like a guy say it like Manny Petty. I've only heard women be like, I'm gonna get a Manny Petty. Okay, but what if they just say Manny or like a Petty? Like I'm just gonna get a pe- uh, like oh, cause no, then they would say pedicure. Yeah, like I'm just gonna get a pedicure. Like I've heard nails done more. I think like I'm gonna get my nails done. I feel like cause okay, so I had a friend who says gender hetero guy guy. He said, um, I'm gonna get my nails done. And I couldn't help but giggle. I couldn't help it. I, I don't know why. Uh, to me, I feel like, oh no, he said, I got my nails done. And I felt like, you know, like a homegirl showing you and be like, look, I got my nails done. That's how it felt. Mm-hmm. And so I was, I just giggled. I didn't laugh. I, laughed. I just giggled. He was like, why is that funny? And I was like, because I'm so used to guys saying, the word manny or manicure or yeah. pedicure. I've never heard a guy say my nails done. To me, I was like, that's only something I've heard girls say. And so, you know, um, uh, 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 our, our mutual friend, Victor, mm-hmm. I brought it up to him. He said the same thing, that nails done felt very like my nails. Yeah, I've definitely, I don't hear a lot of guys say nails done, but I've heard them say manicure or pedicure. Like I've heard a guy be like, I need to get a manicure because there's a lot of guys now that get manicures and have no problem saying they get manicures. But I think that one Manny Petty just sounds really more effeminate to me than nails done. But okay, so then that was I should have phrased it more like that. Nails done versus manicure, pedicure. Yeah, I would. Yeah. Then nails done. Yeah, nail nails done in that situation it sounds more like a feminine thing. Cause when you think nails done, when I hear manicure, I don't necessarily assume that you're getting a set of nails or color or anything. Clear. You think yeah. clear, you got it buffed, you got your, your, your feet clean. Yeah, but when you say nails done, I do picture like a color. What and color? If somebody what? would have said that, I probably would have been like, what color? color? Like if a guy would have said that, I'd have been like, what color did you get them done? Cause, Cause you got you, your nails you, done. You think tips? You yeah. think you think all of it, right? Like, like you got your it. nails done. You got acrylics, bro. Let me yes. see your acrylics. Is that gel? How did that right. all the pouring powder? Like, yeah. What? Now, when I think about it like that, when you're talking about like, when we're talking about it in that sense of like, it does sound more when your cisgender man is saying like, getting my nails done. I was thinking of it from a perspective of what have I heard? Yeah. You know, um, from my male friends, and I've just never heard them say Manny Petty. So I'm like, I couldn't make a comparison in that way. But it's it's funny when you say it like that, because when you do think of the phrase nails done, you're like, well, you have to do something to them. Like, what did you do to your nails? 
just cleaning them, buffing them, and putting clear on them is a man. Yeah, I was gonna regular manicure, like right, but nails done, like. Nails- Done. I better see some diamonds on your joint. I want to see a whole... Yo, you've seen them TikTok videos now that they're making fruit into acrylics? Yes, I've seen so many things. Like, I've seen... Come on now. I know. It's like, y'all doing the most. Doing the most. So we so we, we agree. Nails yes. done yes. if it's not mani-pedi. Yes. But nails, if it, if it is mani-pedi, then to some degree, they can both be effeminate. Yeah. To some degree, they can... I don't know why I'm pulling this up. I have my microphone here. Today is the day for Gina to be ridiculous. I'm holding my microphone from my headphones up to my mouth with my mini microphone. I'm a hot mess today, y'all. <laughs> um, a hot mess in progress. <laughs> but yeah, I would say um, they can both sound really effeminate. I think so, yeah. Catherine is drinking from a giant Perrier bottle like it is a bottle of Cristal. Like she is literally... <laughs> like it's the dog fairy on you know that bro <laughs> I'm like celebrating this uh, is I really you know what I look like like a, a like a successful person of color in Hollywood you are so ridiculous <laughs> you know I'm right at a at a pool party that's like an exclusive pool party and they're just like Malibu shit like <laughs> Just on the gram, like Malibu shit. They all got their personal bottles of something. So <laughs> ridiculous. That is but it's true. It's accurate though. It's accurate though. You really did like you was looking like you was popping bottles of crystal. And it's just a uh, fizzy water, just a little fizz. Yo, let's get into this. Why are we like this? Yeah. Because this meme. So me and Catherine were discussing a meme. Catherine sent me this meme and I thought it was really funny because I think I had posted it. Either I had posted it. Yeah. And you sent it to me saying like, we should talk about it. So the the meme is about, this is what the meme says. It's like a guy in one frame and he's doing like a listening face and then like a gasping face in the second frame. And uh, uh, this is what it says. You ever hear a rumor about yourself and actually wants it to hear more? Like, damn, what did I do next? First of all, that meme made me holler laughing because I think it's so damn funny. Now, me personally, I, I, I'm trying to think of any rumors that I had heard about myself that I was like, oh, word, I'm like that. Um, the only one I could kind of think of was there was this crazy comic like years ago that accused me and like three other well-known comics of stealing her material. And like all of us were kind of like, ooh, like we don't even think you're funny enough to steal from. Like we were like, we, <laughs> like first of all, we would never do that, but especially not from you. But like all of us, I remember we had talked about it and I remember she did try to, I think, I think she was trying to spread a rumor about me, like to people. Because like, I remember I showed up at the comic strip at the same time as her. And this was after we had had like a little back and forth about it. And she was like, she wouldn't shake my hand. She was like, I have the flu. But then she was going up to everybody and whispering in their ear. And I'm like, that's like shit talking 101. Like, you're so bad at this. Um, And so like, she was trying to tell people that like, I had stole her joke. But like, people knew me so well that it just never went anywhere. So it was like, I never had to really worry about that 
like it fizzled out like the same day she tried to start it. So I think that would be the only thing. Um, and that's the kind of thing that if somebody did say something, like that, I probably wouldn't be like, damn, what did I do next? I feel like you feel that way about juicy rumors. Like if somebody was like, yo, um, who was it? Who was this dude? Drake be trying to holler at Gina. <laughs> Drake slid into Gina's DMs. And I'd be like, oh, word. And what did Drake say, yo? <laughs> what did Drake say to me? I want to know what happened with Drake. Like, that's the kind of stuff you you feel. You'd be like, damn, what did that happen? Like anything that's like disrespectful. I feel like you wouldn't have that response. But I don't know. Have you ever had a rumor or heard a rumor about yourself? I'm trying to think about it. Like, I, I realize how much I don't remember from like 10 to 20 years ago, uh, selectively, yeah. probably. Like, I, I don't think I ever like paid attention enough. Mm. So like, even if there were rumors, I might have like, okay, and then moved on. Yeah. But I, I agree with you on the whole, like the juiciness of it. So I wouldn't say rumor, but um, without divulging too much, um, because people who listen to this know people in my life. Mm -hmm. um, I've been in uh, situations in my life with people who are personal in my actual um, like inner circle. Mm -hmm. We may have had a really big blowout. Um, catastrophic right and in those blowouts come right after that come the he say she say it's how we tell the story mm -hmm. right and i you know i'm i'm all i'm literally a believer in um uh your side my side and the truth yeah right um but when alcohol is involved bum, the most bum, the most sober person is probably closer to the truth because they're the least, they're the least like, uh, uh, I mean, once you're in a heated situation, your mind is in a different place, but you're also not at least intoxicated. So in those situations, I have been in, in, in um, conversations, post conversations where it's like, oh yeah, I heard about this between you and this person, which something did happen, but the way the story was told to paint me in a certain way, mm -hmm. I, I'm not gonna lie, there was a part of me, and it's because I'm such a like, the producer in me is like, we need to know research because before I tell you my side, I need to understand their side entirely. I don't need to build a defense. Mm -hmm. I already know my story, but I need to understand their story. Yeah. Well, that's when I become this me. When I'm like, oh, okay, you know about this situation? Yeah, I know. And some people will go, but I want to hear what you have to say. I'm quick to be like, no, if you already spoke to them, what did they say? Mm -hmm. And I will follow along and tell you my, my side based off of the little anecdotes that they gave you. So I, if they go, so they said it started like this, blah, blah, blah. I will, you know, yeah, that is how it started. Yeah. And then they said you did, wait, what? What do you mean? What else? Like, did they say what they said you did this? And they said it went down like this. And then I might go, well, what else did they say? Because none of that happened. I want to see how far they took their lie. Mm -hmm. 
And well, to them, it's not even a lie. And that's the thing. To a lot of people, they 100% believe because everybody, everybody believes their truth is the truth, is the oh, truth. You know oh, what I mean? In the situations I'm talking about, they're lies. Like oh, the person snap. is aware. Like, the person is, it, 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 like I said, these are actual situations that occur. It's not really rumorish. Do they know you have a fire sign, friend? <laughs> they do. Um, but it's like the person, here's the thing. I'm talking about situations where the, 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 um, the catastrophicness of the event is so uh, horrible mm-hmm. that somebody's not going to look good. Yeah. And in this situation that I'm talking about right now, mm-hmm. inevitably, it is not me. The way things went down, it is not me. The only way this person can either speak about it is by throwing me under the bus or being real. So in that situation, I am interested in how far their, their contrived lie is. Because even if they believe it, there's a part of them that knows. That they're going to get called out for it. And you're full of it. Like yeah. there's a part of them. And then here's the thing. I've even, oh, this is the best versions of this. Same situation. This has happened. I um, I won't lie. This is a family situation. So it's not like he say, she say outside of the street. Yeah. Um, I've been in multiple conversations with multiple people in my inner circle. And I'm not like hitting motherfuckers up like, let me tell you about this. Or did you hear? Mm -hmm. I'm like talking to somebody in my life or happening about, and in the conversation they go, so I heard about, right? Mm -hmm. And then I go, how'd you hear about it? See, because there's two things. Did you hear about it from somebody, from the person themselves, or did you hear about it from somebody they told? Yeah. Because one thing I'm big on is talking to the least amount of people. Mm-hmm. Because I I think the way these kind of rumor things happen is when somebody goes, what's the common denominator? Who's the person who keeps telling everybody? Yeah. That's the person who wants to control the narrative. Yeah. The person who needs to tell multiple people because they need allies. So in those situations, it has been such a, like, that meme of what else did I do when I realized the funny thing is I spoke to person A who -hmm. you spoke to and who you told everything to and I spoke to person B who you spoke to and you told everything to and you told person A and B different versions of the story so when they come to me I go that's interesting because to person A they said I did this but then to person B they told you I did this. How could I have done both? Yeah. You know what I mean? Those are good. Because those, those, how do I say those? There's those work. So, huh? Sam, I'm about to fight somebody. <laughs> those work their magic on themselves because you don't have to say much after that. Yeah. You just have to look at the, the other people, person A and person B, and go, don't believe um, uh, uh, people just off the sake of it, especially if you're inner circle, like I'm talking about. Like, it's not you have to pick a side. 
Yeah. That's when logic hits the table. That's why it's so juicy to say, damn, and what did I do next? Because the comeback to the answer to that is what really makes this interesting. Because the person goes, and then they said, you did this next. My favorite is to be like, but that's funny because they told so-and-so that I did that. Female, mm. how? So I have been in these, but they're, I guess, yeah, I guess you could say they're rumors, but it's not yeah. like, it's not like the situations were false. It was, I've always been in situations where the situation was real, but how people wanted to paint what went down yeah. was, you know? Yeah, definitely. When other person, when another person's controlling the narrative on their side and when it's obvious that they're lying, because like you said, either they would have to be real or they would have to throw you under the bus. You know what I mean? Like the lies quite often change person to person. And that's oh, usually God. dependent on who's closer to Catherine. Who is oh, going to get to her? Yeah, like how is this information going to get to her? Is this person going to believe this about Catherine? What will this person believe about Catherine? And the other thing is also um, if it's not about Catherine mm-hmm. or said person, it's... um sometimes the narrative changes because this person who's telling, who's trying to control the narrative um, is aware of the, of whomever they're telling it to. Mm-hmm. So they're even thinking of that person's reactions, that person's traumas, that person's responses. And they're going, I need to um, formulate it like this because I know in that way, they will 100% be on my side. Yeah, where I had a... I had a situation years ago where there was a guy that worked at a comedy club and he was kind of giving me a problem. He was harassing me and I kind of let it slide. Cause I like, you know, I was like, you know what? I don't really care about this. Like he's just being a jerk to me, blah, 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 whatever. Well, one day he calls me up and he starts acting crazy over the phone. And like, I forget what the, how the conversation started, but it was literally like when somebody's on the other line going, why are you yelling at me? I'm not yelling at you, Gina. Why are you yelling at me? And I wasn't yelling. I was like, what are you talking about? Like, why are you telling me I'm yelling at you? And like, I realized that that person was in the room with the booker of the comedy club and they were oh. trying to make me look like I was acting erratic and crazy. See? Yeah. And I was right there like watching this kind of rumor begin and I was like, this is insane. Like, this person is insane. Yeah. They're, and that's the funny thing. It's like uh, a person doesn't necessarily need to be psychotic or sociopathic. Yeah. You know, aren't like those clinical. They terms. could just be scared but, and like they're afraid to admit to themselves that they were wrong in a situation or they right. did the wrong it, thing or whatever. Like, they're just afraid to be truthful. Because it, 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 it comes down to. They need to, they need the power of feeling like they don't need to take accountability for whatever it is they contributed to your situation with that. So for you, he was a jerk and he was like, you know what I mean? He was not going to be accountable to that. Yeah. So he needed to paint you as extra, as the most, because it makes sense to be a jerk to a girl who's extra, to a girl who's, who does most. Right? Because then it changed. You can, people will go, oh, well, I mean, yeah, Gina said she he was an asshole to her, but you know, Gina's crazy. You know, Gina's See, crazy, right? Like, she's yelling at him. Yeah, you know. That's and exactly that's what, what it is. It's the same. 
But yeah. you know, the one thing I've learned by being around people like that, um, probably a majority of my life, uh, if not all of it, uh, this is the biggest thing. I It took me years to realize this. The truth comes out in silence. See, because that when you're in situations like that, that person is trying to climb up a hill of their own shit. And in my opinion, if you argue it, if you try to defend yourself and all that, you're literally climbing a mountain that isn't yours. It's you're fighting a fight that isn't yours. Mm -hmm. So the same rocks that are gonna be hitting them are hitting you. Step away from the mountain. Step away and watch that in the end, the other people who you didn't have to work for them to believe you, mm -hmm. at least the at least they'll see. No, they stepped away, and the rocks is still hitting you. You still not reaching the top of the mountain. Therefore, maybe they weren't the issue. Maybe there's another issue, yeah. right? And I that's where um, that's where you can find a little bit of more joy once you realize that you can find a, the joy in. What I did next? Yeah. Not really coming from a place of let me defend myself. It's coming from a place of I don't need to defend myself because I know the truth and I know my truth and I know how I treat people and I know how yeah. I act. And I also know how to own up when I need to be accountable. Yeah. Even if the know, situation sucks, there's a there's a part of you that just is like, Yeah, I did that. Yeah. Like I know where I I, I don't think any situation people are full, like anybody's fully innocent, except for children. Um, you know what I mean? Because children, very different situation. Um, children, uh, elderly and um, disabled. Those would be know. my some, category. Some elderly people be malicious as hell, bro. That's true, that's true. But you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm talking about helpless, right? Yeah, yeah. Bystanders. I feel like even myself, I'm not innocent in every situation. 100%. But but my ish, people like this, people who rumor and stuff like that are not accountable people. They're not. I'm like, yo, was there a dog fight going on in your neighborhood? Dog fight. Dogs, yo. All I hear is, yo, shut the fuck up. <laughs> this is real New York. Right? Shut your dog up. <laughs> Hey, shut your dog up. I'm trying to podcast. <laughs> Just yell that in the streets. Yo, I'm trying to podcast. Son. Shut your dogs up. <laughs> Let's get into our TikTok of the day. Uh, take it away, Catherine. Okay, so the TikTok of the day is by an Isaac Ferreri. Ferreri. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. Did, did I say that? Frere, Isaac Frere. Frere. I'm sorry, Isaac. Isaac, I'm sorry. I have no idea. I would have gone for Ray Ray too. I'm not bugging. So no, I'm not I bugging. Gone for Ray Ray too. <laughs> Isaac Frere. Sorry, Isaac. Okay, so the TikTok is just because you win an argument um doesn't mean that you're right it just means that you know how to argue and you know how to prove your point 
I find often people think that if they win an argument, then they've proven themselves to be right. Nope. You've proven yourself to have the ability to win the argument. Arguing doesn't make you right. That's why I don't waste my time on people that argue. I'd rather spend time with people who want to understand, who seek to understand, or who seek the greater good. What are our thoughts? Um, I agree. Um, winning an argument does not mean that you're right. Like, I, cause only cause I, it was something I experienced so much with my ex where he would just out argue me. Like he had better points. He knew he definitely was a better arguer than I would ever be. And so to him, it would always appear like he won, even though I would be sitting there being like, but he's not, he's not right. He just won the argument, but he's not right. He just knows how to win arguments. Like that's, I just wish I was a better arguer so I could have just made my points better. And that's when I looked at those situations and I was like, damn, man, he's just so, some people are such excellent arguers that it's insane. But that gives them a sense of superiority. Like, like I'm right and I'm better. And it's like, no. Yeah, I think that people do assume, uh, you know, like, People confuse arguing with debating, mm -hmm. right? Because the thing about debates is like actual debates, right? Is that they have to be um, met with facts because that's usually what you're doing. You're debating on a subject and you have to research the subject and, and, and you win a debate by being right, right? Making the case. But uh, a lawsuit may be different. You don't win from being right. You win by making the best case. Mm -hmm. Right? Arguments are more like lawsuits where it's like, this is just who can make the better case. Mm -hmm. When you think that that makes you right, in my opinion, uh, that's where I agree with this person, where, where with Isaac, I agree well, Mr. with Ray. Mr. Foray Ray has a point. Was right that <laughs> I don't waste my time um, uh, arguing with this person because they care too much about right and wrong. They just want to win. Yes, that it's not about understanding, and, and understanding is so crucial. Like you said this to me forever ago, forever ago, forever ago. <laughs> For Ray Ray ago. I said this for Ray Ray ago. <laughs> for Ray Ray. <laughs> we can do this. Make Forever. <laughs> Forever ago. <laughs> um, so you said to me that something about me personally is how much I care about being understood mm -hmm. and understanding. And I realized it's because naturally I, um, I grew up being told that I argued to be right. But I realized with, with age that I argue to be understood. Mm -hmm. And the funny thing was that I was always arguing with people who wanted to be right. And so I'm actually a really good arguer, debater. I'm very good at it. When you naturally, like, so for instance, your ex, he would hate me because 
there is no amount of right if you, it, I would debunk his Dike rightness. Yeah. Like I would, again, we talked about this in another episode. Part of my cornering you skill is paying attention to how you formulate your mm-hmm. argument and going so you just want to be right. Right? And I would even say that. And that's where I got, growing up, I was in so many like, um, uh, uh, punished so much like in my family Mm -hmm. because I know how to I don't want to be right but I also just don't I don't like fronting I'm like okay well if we're not going to understand each other then we might as well call each other out you just want to be right cool got it and then they don't want to hear that yeah so that's my experience with arguments where I go uh I have no problem with uh live and let live understanding someone whether you agree or not I have no problem with that you know and I'm talking about um, in cases where it's not like racism Mm -hmm. you know what I mean like blatant crazy things that are like just not humane but in in a genuine conversation no I live and let live but I can't live and let you live if you are um well not that I can't live and let you live I can no longer engage in conversations where I know at the end of it, it's constantly going to be this immature because I'm right. Mm. Why didn't we get into this in the first place? I'm done. Yeah. Like yeah. never doing this again. Yeah. No. You would have tortured him. Damn it. Oh, 100%. No, he, you know what I mean? Like what he knew how he, to get was- me in my rage feelings. And then once I would get that angry or once I would get that emotional, there was no room for me to argue and he knew the exact buttons to push. And that's, you know, that was half the battle and winning the arguments with me was getting me to that point of Hulk smash anger. So I look like an insane person, you know, it was Mm -hmm. gaslighting at its best where it was just like, I'm going to keep doing this and doing this and doing this until you legitimately, I remember I broke his door completely off the hinges during an argument once because we were having this argument. <laughs> like a Kool-Aid bag. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah. <laughs> um, I had told him I have a pet peeve with locking doors. Now, if I'm in a bedroom, I will close the door. I will not lock it. I will lock the bathroom door. That's just out of habit. I'll lock the bathroom door. But if I if somebody locks me out of a room, I don't know why I got to look into why it triggers me so much. It has to be something from my childhood, but I get so triggered. I almost feel like there's like a trapped feeling and I'm not locked in the room. I'm locked out, but there's like this, like, why are you shutting me out? I don't want to be shut out. I hate being shut out. Like it's that kind of psychological thing. And I had told him before, like, don't lock the door. I'm like, don't lock. I don't care for arguing. Don't lock the door. And he locked the door. So I kicked, I kicked that bitch down and I broke it off the hinges because I was, I know. And then, I mean, argument lost because then he was like, you're crazy and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, no, nah, you're right. That's crazy. I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> like After somebody says that, you're like, I mean, I told you not to lock the door, but I mean, you chose, you chose this life. You chose, no, you chose to take me there. Mm-hmm. And then you turn around and it was like, you crazy when you're the one that pressed start on the crazy bus. Right? Like, 
you wanted to ride the ride. Yeah. So now we on it, player. Now we on this roller coaster. Oh, you don't like it? You don't got to do it no more. What the hell? No, I totally, I get that. See, it's funny because, don't get me wrong. It's I'm learning for myself that I don't, I, I, I don't think I have as much like outward physical rage as um, a lot Apparently of people. Apparently I do. <laughs> well, yes, but a lot of people would assume that about me. I noticed that. I think that's the perception. Really? Yeah, I think I give off. I don't know. Maybe it's an accent thing. Maybe it's a hand gesture thing. I think I give. Maybe off. this is a not afraid to give your opinion thing. I think. Like I have a lot of people be like, Catherine looks like she'll swing first. Where? Yeah, I, I guess we have to know you. Exactly, you know me, and I always find that so interesting because I'm like, I don't know what is it, what it is that I'm giving off, but okay, whatever, because I'm actually the complete, I'm not opposite, but I, I'm. You know, you're, uh, uh, I think we've said this, you're like an action film of like things constantly happening. I'm a psychological thriller of shit. I'm telling you, Catherine won't swing first, but she will swing last. You will, your life will be destroyed. Right. You haven't seen the movie um, Split? Yes. That's how I'm going to leave. I love that movie. I'm going to leave them with multiple personalities. Like that's 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 where that's how deep it'll go. That's and where I'll be the one ripping out the three bus. You are you he your ex and it's so funny because you know and I don't know if we've spoken about this, but I, I briefly knew him in, in the first place that we had um yeah. I I it's he all I remember and it's so weird, it's like a vivid little thing in my mind where he gave me immediately what you're talking about. So that's why it was so easy for me to connect it once like you started telling me things. But people like him, mm -hmm. I don't find joy in badgering them. Actually, as I said, I agree with this. Not engaging actually, peace of mind, right? But there was a point where I, I, my goal with someone who wants to be right Depending on if I care for you, my goal is not to win. It's not none of that. It's to understand, to come to a, 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 a understanding. That's always been the case. But if but now I'm leaning more into getting away from my little my my little demons. And one of my little demons used to be once I no longer cared, I'm going to fuck with you. So someone like him, I would have been like. I want you to think you're, I, you're, I can't, no, I can't change that you always need to be right. But I want to get under your skin. Mm -hmm. I want you to remember and hesitate every time you talk to me, how is she going to dissect this? I need you to have fear. Mm -hmm. Hey, I'm paying attention to your words. And that's what I would do to men. And like him or or women like him growing up i would like i had people literally tell me oh i shouldn't have said that because you're gonna read into it and i evil the little demon would be like i'm glad you know that because yeah. i am like i've already oh thank you for the notes take like, it ding 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 <laughs> like I'm if ready. this is family, i'm like that's the right answer. We were, we were one of the cat. That's the category, and now I'm gonna break it down. But now I'm just like, 
te digo, you waste time. Yeah, it gets exhausting. It gets exhausting. If, the, if in the end, their objective is just to win and not understand, and I say that my objective is to understand that even I need to calm that. You know the way you need to calm the rage? I need to calm that, like, finding joy and, like, mentally messing with them. Because in the end, when you physically go Hulk angry, you're hurting yourself. And when I do that, I'm hurting myself as well. Because we're not being in our true, like, just yep. pull the fuck out. Like, you could, you could do better things with your time. Yeah, you could expend your energy better. Like, yeah. I don't know why this reminded me of this, but for some reason, this story popped into my head. So I tell, I'll tell it before we get into our dear Gina. Years ago, I had a buddy... Um, from Egypt and he had he was dating this white girl they've been dating for a while um she cheated on him right mm-hmm. so like I don't know if you know a lot of people from Egypt but they can be really intense like they're just intense people like everybody I've met from Egypt is just a really intense person and like he was even more intense like he was super intense and he was nuts over this girl and he called me and my girlfriend and he was like telling us the whole story and we could tell he was in a bad place. We went to go see him at his place and he's literally like wielding a knife and he's like, I got to go find her. I got to go find her. I got to go find her. And he was so mad. He was so mad that, you know, we convinced him to like put the knife down and like not, you know, he still went to look for her, but we went with him like, and we just kind of, he didn't know where she was. We just walked through the streets of Manhattan so he could blow off some steam. But you know what's crazy is like when he was wielding that knife and was so angry, I so identified with that level of anger. And I remember like telling somebody later on, telling that story and being like, yeah, he had a knife and he was pretty mad, which I understand. And they were like, you understand that? And I was like, <laughs> oops. <laughs> <I> was like, <laughs> You've never been, I'll go to prison for this mad. <laughs> I all the knives away from Gina. <laughs> Like Gina comes to your house the next time and she's like reinforce the doors and hide the knives. <laughs> All right, let's get into our dear Gina. Oh, this has been a wild and a wacky episode. Um I li- I really like Sorry. this one. Okay. <clears throat> In honor of Pride Month. Dear Gina, I'm a 30-year-old married woman to a cisgender man. Recently I've come to terms with my bisexuality, and I don't know how to tell my husband. Do you think I have to if I don't plan on acting on it? Also, what if I do when he reacts badly? First of all, happy Pride Month, you little bisexual angel. Um, <laughs> this is this is an interesting situation. Um, it's not the first time I've heard of something like this. Like people come out later on in life and it's often very difficult for them in their current relationships to deal with, you know, them accepting who they are as a person. Um I think for your sanity, yes, you should share this with him, even if you don't plan on acting on it. Um, I'm hoping you will not react badly. You know, I think it's always going to be hit or miss with how somebody's going to react to something, you know, um, whether he reacts good or bad. I think in order for you to really sit in your truth, you have to be comfortable telling the people closest to you that you are now identifying as bisexual. I think it's really important that you do that for yourself and for the for your own truth to live in that because you've spent so many years not living in that, you know, 
you owe it to yourself to at least be in the truth. There's a fucking fly in here and I'm going to fight you. Sorry. Um, I'm going to fight this fly because I hate bugs trespassing. Um, the fly so- is living <laughs> the fly is living in its truth and I'm going to kill it because I am living in my truth. And in my truth, I live in a fly-free world. <laughs> so, um, yeah, if he reacts badly, like, first of all, if he reacts badly, you know, I'm going to say drop him anyway, because this isn't the kind of person, if your partner cannot support you in what you're going through, then this is not somebody you should be with. You have to be with somebody that can support you through this. Not saying that I wouldn't understand if he were to react or be shocked or not have a favorable reaction. You know, he's human. You know, his first initial reaction might be bad, but then he might sit with it for a while and have some time to accept it. Um, I just don't think you need that kind of bad energy if you're trying to work through this. Like if he reacts badly, I think you need to take some time apart so that you can deal with what you're going through now. Um, I hope he doesn't react badly. I'm very happy for you and proud of you for being ready to just, you know, come out as bisexual and I wish you the best of luck. And that's honestly what I would say is like, talk to him whether or not you plan on acting on it or not. You may just find an ally, somebody who will be there for you don't assume he's going to react badly. Um, don't make any assumptions. Um, just kind of go in there ready to speak your truth and ask for support. Be very clear on what you need from him. That's what I will say. Be very clear on whether you're looking for a shoulder to lean on, whether you're looking for someone to help you find resources, you know, just be very clear on what you need from your partner too in this moment. Um, but yeah, best of luck and happy pride. Yeah. Over um, to you, I Catherine. To reread this question. Um, 30 years old, married woman, um, cisgender man, recently come to terms with recently. So bisexuality is, and it's coming to terms. So like yeah. clearly there's been indications, um, uh, but probably just more open to admitting it to themselves. Um, and I don't know how to tell my husband, do you think I have, uh, if I don't plan on acting on it, I think that's really where this lies, right? The planning on acting on it, where it's like, you don't know what you're gonna do two years from now. You don't know how you're gonna feel. Mm-hmm. So today you don't plan on acting on it, but maybe one day you will, right? now. That I'm going to get back to that, but I'm going to go into um, the reacting badly. I thought that was a very interesting point because I almost questioned why. Like, I almost questioned, and, and no offense to this person, but I almost questioned why would a partner react badly to something that's about my person? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm sorry, but I'm going to say, do you low-key think that your partner is um, homophobic? I'm, I'm sorry. I just, I just don't think if you did it somewhere deep down inside, think that what does badly mean? Mm-hmm. Like, how could somebody react bad? Like, I could definitely be like, I could hear somebody being like, what do I do about their possible shock? Yeah. Right? I honestly, when I first read this, I thought, um, 
that they were going to say. And what if they asked me for like a, a, a threesome with somebody? And I thought they were going to go straight into like yeah. a one else, right? Because just because you're bisexual and in this situation, uh, um, man and woman, just because you're bisexual don't mean you're trying to have a threesome with your husband and yeah. another person. Right. So I thought that's where this question was going. So to read the acting badly, my brain was like, immediately, why? Yeah. So ask him that. Why did why is that what you went to? And explore that before you have your conversations. Because be ready. In you, you know this person. Be ready for the anything, of course, like whatever could happen. But really deep dive and explore why that was your default. And again, it might not even be that person. It might be you're somebody who people in life have always reacted badly to your news. And it could be that. So explore why you asked that question. Um, because I just don't want you to get hurt if you didn't explore it and find how you were going to react to whatever comes from another person, right? Like you can only control your reactions. You can only control your behaviors. Mm -hmm. If I've already explored how I feel about this and how I would react towards you reacting badly, you can't get me out of character and I'm comfortable with me. So I think that's the first. Now going back to the whole, I don't plan on acting on it. Now we're going to go back into what I originally thought this was going to lead into the whole, maybe they'll want a, um, a, 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 a threesome or somebody to join to some degree. Yeah. Uh, who knows? Maybe in two, three years, you meet somebody and do want to explore it. You know, really what this becomes is, are you saying is the badly uh, alluding to the possibility of, open relationships like is it that is it that you're you might be saying hey uh i don't want them to react badly because they'll think that i want to possibly be with someone else mm -hmm. and is it you that then goes but i don't want them to be with somebody else is it that you don't want to you won't act on it because you wouldn't want them mm. to be with you know what I mean? I'm just saying that, like, I think it's amazing that you have got reached a point in your sexuality that you can not only be honest with yourself, but with the world, and then eventually with your partner. But I mean, sexuality and uh, uh, being a part of the LGBTQI plus community doesn't stop anybody from jealousy. <laughs> you know what I mean? And yeah. So. I'm hearing this and I'm going, um, I think you need to explore all aspects of marriage, relationships, because this is bigger than just the conversation of what you're putting on the table. This now redefines those vows you took, the way you guys walked into this partnership, this life journey, right? Because even if you never act on it, this person, um is finding out new information and you, are you afraid of maybe not a bad reaction meaning like like i said homophobia mm -hmm. but are you afraid of a reaction that could make you jealous just saying there's so many ways to go about this she just because she likes women don't mean she want her man with another woman touching the woman so i i you know 
I'm, I'm with, I'm with Gina, you know, I, I'm, I'm very happy for you, happy pride, but in the end, part of exploring and coming to terms, um, is, is there's more work to do with, uh, uh, even the commitment of marriage yeah. and how that looks like. It's very interesting because I think we talked about this before you and I, Gina, mm-hmm. that I, 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 I think that hetero marriage has a very interesting lineage of like ownership um, yeah. between men and women. And it's something I think a lot of women at some point, regardless if it's a good marriage, explore in their partnerships. Cause yeah. they go, um, we're not, we don't own each other, but as human beings we're territorial and you, this person, is kind of opening a door mm-hmm. that wasn't open. And you need to make it clear that what you're opening is the door of your truth. Yeah. Not of your desire. Not Skinamax, Showtime, late night door. Right, because if they're saying I'm not going to act on it, so then you need to make it clear when you say it, this is just my truth. I'm attracted to the, the women, and maybe you've been with another woman at another point in your life, Yeah. but I, I don't desire to stray. So that yeah. conversation is not open. Because mm-hmm. I think there's also this, this idea, and I, I hate to say this, but I do think that a lot of hetero men have this idea that if a woman is bisexual, then she automatically wants this, like like you said, the skin of access. It stuff. is automatically fetishized. It is automatically yeah. made into a thing, like where obviously that means she wants to have a threesome, right? It's like, no, this could be somebody just coming, really, what she says, coming to terms with her truth and then having to start that kind of down that road and that's what this is more about this isn't about you know her and her husband becoming swingers and here's the thing i i want to actually say another point he might not be homophobic but could the worry be that he's so deeply insecure that now he feels like i don't only compete with you with men now i gotta worry about women yeah i'm just saying right like it could be anything why would this person react badly why? Yeah. Because are they low-key afraid that they could lose you? So maybe in that sense, if your thing is, um, it's weird because I don't want to tell this person, reassure your partner, but I wouldn't feel inclined to say that if I never saw the, que- the, the part of the question, yeah. the reacting. There's something that you're worried about with your partner. And if you just want, you know, truth on the table, um, you gotta, they gotta be mindful of you and accepting of you and all of that hundred percent, no questions asked, but you gotta be mindful of them and, and, and understanding of maybe they are kind of insecure. Maybe like I have literally heard men, like, I'm not saying I, I want to be with these men and I agree with these men, but I've have heard men be like, uh, I already have to compete with all the other men in the world. Now I got to compete with these beautiful women. Nah. Mm-hmm. That's not about them disliking bisexuality. That is about them being wildly insecure. Like, wildly. Like, so I'm just saying, that's where I would go with this advice, if it helps. Yeah. Um, Good points, Catherine. Very good points. And uh, you guys, that brings us to the end of the show. We're going to have a lot of jingles coming up. Uh, <laughs> I'm just going to make up some jingles. Uh, Catherine, tell the lovely people where they can find you. Um, you can find me on 
Instagram at Catherine G. Mendoza, on TikTok at Catherine G. Mendoza, on Twitter at Kathy Grace24. And um, uh, coming soon, but like in the, the far soon, um, I recently uh, recorded a scripted podcast. So when that's released, I will say where it is. It'll be on socials. Um, that should be interesting. It's actually my first time doing VO and kind of putting it out there. I play a character named Valentina. So I'll tell you more about that. But that's recently what I did. And that's going to come out in 2021. Yay, yay. Um, big up to Katerin for all that you're doing. Um, you guys can uh, check me out on Instagram at Gina Brion now. It used to be G Brion, but I'm fancy. Uh, G Brion on TikTok. G Brion 80 on TikTok. Um, and this week, drum roll, please. You can watch me on NBC at 8 p.m. this Tuesday night on America's Got Talent. So check out your girl on America's Got Talent. Uh, Tuesday, June 8th, depending on when you're watching this. Uh, Tuesday, June 8th, 8 p.m on nbc check your local listings for the time because i'm giving you east coast time right now 8 p.m um yeah so watch me on that and uh, you guys know i love to end the podcast with a piece of advice that my mom gives me to this day when life throws a lot at you handle it one catastrophe at a time until next time deuces bye everybody do it like that. Yeah. You the kind of chick that's ready to fight back. Yeah. Looks damn good, but really she type bad. Mm-hmm. Go to sleep, I call him a night cat. Born killer, you a born killer. Mm. Go on, get him. Go on, go on, get him. Mm.